Well, Babette, hello. Thanks for joining us this well, afternoon. I hope I can help you. Oh, yeah. Always, always so helpful. And, uh, I really appreciate it. You know, I, I want to say before I introduce you, just a big thanks for um, all the time you've shared with Eric throughout his two months plus here in Corsicana. Um, I know you two have developed your own friendship, and, and in some ways it seems like you've become a collaborator for Eric and his, his residency work here in Corsicana. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Babette, you're, um, and for anyone listening to this in Corsicana, they, they'll know your name. You're, you're one of the first names I came to know when I, I came to Corsicana eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know you as a dynamo with hands in most every facet of what's good in Corsicana. And in all of your 92 years, Babette, you've lived here in Corsicana since 1951. Uh-huh. You've championed progress in the schools, our cultural centers like the Palace Theater and the Public Library, our Parks and Recreation Department. Um, and in particular, you've nurtured Corsicana's Jewish legacy to endless degrees. Um, I would say evident namely at the 1870s Corsicana Hebrew Cemetery and Temple Bethel which is the, um, you know, for the record, the only Onion Dome temple in Texas. Uh, so, uh, three, I think one of only... three in the country. Yeah. And yes. It's, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it's there that you oversee its preservation and, and Jewish services. And then it was your husband's family business, Samuel's uh, Men's Clothier, that gives the Samuel's building where Eric's been working for his residency its name. Um, And it was part of this once thriving Jewish merchant population in downtown Corsicana. To speak a little bit about the Samuels building that you have such an intimate relationship to, I'll, you know, for reference, say that in more recent decades, the two-story structure built about 1900, which is two blocks south of the 100 West residency on, on Beaton Street. Mm-hmm. We're speaking downtown Corsicana. That in more recent decades, that place has been known as Blackman's Antique Shop. And it closed a couple years ago and was since purchased by one of the founding residency artists, Nancy Rebel, who has envisioned the second floor as ideal for creative projects. And I need to note that the Blackman's Antique Shop never really moved out, we might say. Um, so up until our resident, Eric here from Providence, Rhode Island, arrived in March of this year. Every surface of the Samuels building from floor to wall was barnacled by some kind of Americana artifact, you know, arguably three shops worth of inventory crammed into one. Heaps of things, broken lamps, furniture, um, we'll call it some garbage just around the second floor. And it's been in this space upstairs um, beneath, you know, little paper signs that are still pinned to the wall that say men's suits um, that Eric was granted his Corsicana residency um, in a manner to set tone for a kind of studio practice. We rarely get to host outside of the more formal pursuits of making objects like paintings and sculptures at 100 West where drop cloths and easels might be involved. But to wrap up, we'll say here at Samuels, there's been no precedence for studio practice like this. And um, we found this whole experience really healthy and exciting. So again, Babette, thank you for taking time to um, share with us by phone. 
You might imagine. Welcome to the Rope Walker Podcast, a collection of conversations with residents of the Corsicana Artist and Writer Residency Program. My name is Trey Burns. Today, we're in conversation with Eric DeLuca, an artist and musician working within the realm of social practice who attended the residency in the spring of 2020 and occupied the historic Samuels Building in downtown Corsicana, just two blocks south of 100 West. Here, he developed a site-responsive project called the Staff of Asclepius, which loomed together local history of Jewish migrants while simultaneously developing a series of way station gardens for the monarch butterfly, utilizing milkweed which was grown in his studio turned nursery. The opening was residency director and founder Kyle Hobridge, giving a tribute and introduction to 91-year-old Corsicana resident Bobette Samuels, who generously shared her personal history with the building that served as DeLuca's studio. She also introduced Eric to the musical Fiddler on the Roof, which went on to inspire his sound compositions for installations at both the Ante Room in Corsicana and Sweet Pass Sculpture Park in Dallas, Texas. As always, you can learn more about Eric DeLuca and our guests on our website, CorsicanaResidency.org. And with that, let's jump right in. So you guys, I mean, just to, to set the, the tone, you guys have, have started a series of conversations because of this building, and you've learned a lot of history from it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. when, I, when I first got here, um, I just asked, like, what's the history of the building? And then immediately Kyle and Nancy were like, oh, yeah, you should call Babette Samuels and Babette's son, Philip. It's Babette, not Babette. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So I called Babette and Philip and they and they basically like just taught me about the history, not only the history of the building, but also just the history of of uh, Jewish people in this small town, Texas. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's where where you can start, Babette. Like, um, well, like how did how did Jewish people? Well, I know one to... thing. Uh-huh. I don't know how or my husband's mother she ran a boarding house, and uh, she meets the trains to get boarders. And she had four or five daughters. And of course, she was hunting for uh, uh, husbands for her daughters, <laughs> and so my husband. Phillips, my husband's dad, Philip Samuels, came here when he was, you know, was from Europe, and he finally got to the United States, and he loved cowboy, uh, reading about the cowboys and Indians, and um, he saved his money for, I think it was Orange, New Jersey, to New York, whatever, and he went to the railroad station and says, where would this take me? They said, Corsicana, Texas. He said, well, I'm going there. And that's how he got here. So he just, he followed the train to the last destination? Like, he didn't, he just wanted to go out west? And he wanted to, wanted to go see Cowboys and Indians. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they weren't here. But, and no. when he got here, uh, my husband's mother 
ran the boarding house, as I told you. She would meet the trains, and she had four daughters, and she picked him, she took him to the boarding house for one of her daughters. <laughs> and he fell in love with Esther. He was a little sharp man, and Esther was about five, seven. I think he was about three. And they fell in love, and the oldest daughter, and they got married, and he worshipped her. And um, that was that's how not my part of the family got here. Later on, we she had three more daughters, and there weren't many Jewish people left or getting out here, and they moved to St. Louis. And they finally she finally found husbands for them. Mm-hmm. But that's how my husband's uh, father got here and his mother. Does that so, help you? Yeah. Yeah. So how? So before um, your husband's father arrived in this town, was there other Jewish people, or was he one of the first Jew- Jews to be to, to come? No, there were other Jewish people. In fact, in our cemetery, we have a a, a lot of bachelors because there weren't you know any Jewish women. Uh. Yeah. And so there are a lot of actors buried in our cemetery. I can't believe that business plan. A mother with five daughters. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they did. She meet, she meet them. She found them. I think her boarding house was there. It's a trap. You know, it was. Um, it's you know where the library is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, just, it was just a on, on that parking lot, right across the street from the. From the library, the family home at one time. Mm. That would have been when it was the li- The library was a, a Carnegie Library. Yeah, the old Carnegie Library, uh, yes. and of it was a parking lot for the first. I think the old First National Bank, and uh, that's where her boarding house was. It was a prominent location. Mm-hmm. Bobette, how did you how did you get to Corsicana? My roommate lived here, and uh, so I'd come home and visit with her. Her father was the bookkeeper for the Daily Sun, the newspaper. Which still exists. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yes. Their daughter was, we were freshmen. We weren't roommates when I first, that first year, but we became roommates when we, in the sorority, the Jewish sorority. And you were in Austin. uh Uh-huh. And I'd never been around, you know, Jewish people much. Poor Arthur had a very small Jewish population. So this, it was a unique thing for me to be uh, with so many Jewish girls. Mm. I mean, it was a whole new world for me. And I enjoyed it very much. And that's, and between, just before my senior year, I had a blind date with Irvin, and uh, we had gone up to a gentleman. And we you had a blind date. You said, "Is that right?" Uh huh. Uh huh. Blind Mhm. And we had driven up to Fort Worth, and so we had a gambling house there. <laughs> and we had dinner at the I think it was the Worth no or not the Texas Hotel. And um, it had, chi- had Chinese restaurant. Then 
We, uh, when when we, was this, Bobette? Huh? When <laughs> was this? About 1949. Okay. And it was July 3rd, before, right before the 4th, of course. And we had that blind date, and the, uh, we came home. People we'd gone with uh, went on, and we came home on, on an old milk train about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and I think I had one more date with him, and that was it. And then I didn't hear from him till about uh, in my senior year. All of a sudden, I get a phone call. His sister lives in Austin, and we went out and had uh, went out had lunch or something, a coke or something, and we started corresponding. And he came to see me Labor Day in Port Arthur. And then I came to see him uh, visit Carstana, my roommate, New Year's, and we got engaged. When? So that's 19... 1951 in January. So when did you move here, like, permanently? When I got married in 1951. And then you, you were here, and did did the whole, did your whole, like, family network with your husband, like, was everybody involved? at uh, the clothing shop? Oh, my husband, his father opened it. His, and his, Irvin and his brother Melville worked there. And Do you then, remember when they opened it? Like what year? About what 1893, year? something like that. <laughs> wow. And um, uh, my son worked with my, worked in it too. Till he got accepted in the FBI, and that's when they closed it. So Eric tells me that um, you might. This might be jumping quite a bit, but Eric tells me that you identify as the last Jewish person in Corsicana. I was for a while. Uh huh. I was. We had one fellow with Judy White, and then she moved to Dallas, and one dance star. He lives out in the country, but I was. Uh, I was oh most of the original because I've been here the longest. We'll put it that way. Can you explain why that is? It's, it seems like it went from such a such a robust community to 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 little to nothing. You no, know, when uh, the uh, uh, Walmart killed the Jewish population because they closed the mom and pop stores couldn't survive. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, for I mean, we can make been, money. Right. Your suits for the big eyes to make money, and hats, of course. But they buy, go buy their suits at Walmart, and you mm-hmm. couldn't live on what you made off of shirts and ties. And of course, then my son got in the FBI, and so that was it. We closed the store. So when did so so? So when did the the store, the men's clothing store, P. Samuels, shut down? Do you remember, like, the the year that that happened? I've, I've, got, to, I've got to read me in my Bible right here. <laughs> <laughs> you read a lot of things in there. Yeah, I tell you, that section of it's the family record. I've got to tape it in one minute. P. Samuels closed December 22nd. 1990. You've been sort of in charge of the the cemetery uh, up until the last couple of years. 
Um, That's right. Uh huh. Well, my husband and I had it, and when he, uh, uh, we were last you know couple here, and um, it was in, uh, I took the we took my husband and I started, and I it, it ended with it because he died in two thousand and three, uh, and I we were going over and made a list of all the graves, and I. Took all that and I, I alphabetized it and started with grave one and got every grave listed, alphabetized and by date and by uh, two ways date of death and an alphabetical order. I made that record. It's in my computer. I don't have the records, but I have it in my computer. So what, but by that, what is the history of the Jewish cemetery? I know that it, I forget what year it was established. And they bought it in 1875, I think, or something like that. They owned, uh, they owned to the end of that block, that wooded area. Yeah. You know, you know where it is, don't you? You've been in it? Yeah, that's where we're going to plant the milkweed. Well, beyond all that stuff, all that wood. We own all that to the corner. The lot behind it, all the, the kind of growth, it's like a forest back there. I know, it's a jungle. <laughs> and Dr. Bob said that that perhaps hasn't been touched since the Jewish cemetery purchased the land. Oh, no, it's been touched because it has a, had a house back there. I, I think it's worth mentioning, too, to give a lay of the land here, that you know this Hebrew cemetery is, call it, two, three miles west of our historic downtown. And it's all, it's between 2nd and 3rd Avenues. Mm-hmm. And 2nd Avenue is a highway. 2nd Avenue, yeah, 22nd. And uh, that's uh, why, 20, you know, that used to be the main entrance. We'd use that. But when they opened up the highway more and more and over traffic, it was, you couldn't park in front for a funeral. Oh, that and that's when sense. they... Made the third the third avenue didn't have a gate in back where it is now. So we, this track of land is 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 a long rectangle that goes from east to west, and then mm-hmm. and the easternmost um, third of this piece of land is where the cemetery is. And now they they have that to, creek that flows through there, and that creek that's floods. Right. That's right. And the yeah. city. It's really supposed to redo that creek because it floods a big area, but they're, they're not, they're not going to do it. But Wait, where's the, the creek? Where's it's the creek in that wooded area. Huh. On the far west side. Yeah, and when it yeah, rains right. very much, those houses across that area mm-hmm. flood. It's oh, unfortunate. But, but they're supposed to, have, but they're not going to do it. They're not ever going to do it. Why won't the city fix that? It costs the money. So I wanted to ask about uh, you guys. You turned uh, Eric on to the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a stage production. Yeah. I'm, I feel, I I mean, just for the record, mm-hmm. I don't know why I had never watched or experienced that play. I mean, of course I heard oh, about it. Oh, it's awesome. Oh. You, you, when I, when I, expressed to you that I'd never seen the play or watched the uh-huh. film adaptation, you, you were shocked. 
I was. <laughs> they got a movie, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is some play. Oh, my God, that's the most gorgeous so story of Judaism right there. It was amazing. Did it ever play in Corsicana at the Palace we, Theater? We produced it here mm, in right. Corsicana. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I was I was just sitting there to help him with the pronunciation. And, and his wife said, about to get up there. And I, I became part of the chorus. <laughs> so from then on, I was in all the plays. I never asked. I was just a chorus member because I was afraid if I got up there and had a speaking line, I'd forget. For folks who are going to listen to this and may not know about Fiddler on the Roof, can you just like, can you just like give people a, a general synopsis of the play? It's about it's about it's history. It's the right. story of, of the it's the history of the Jews, right? Of how they how they were expelled from Russia and Poland and every place, and how they like my husband. He was a uh, father for in Poland. I mean, that's the thing. That's what was so striking to me. I mean, of course, I, I've read different narratives about um, how Jewish people are resilient and and how they uh, how they move around and migrate around the earth, not because not necessarily because they want to, but because that's just part of of. They were, they were all, they, you know, the Jewish people, they, they all, you know, we were, we were wrong. And they, you know, they just, they've always been persecuted. When you, when you uh, suggested, it wasn't all, it was, a, it wasn't even a suggestion. Basically, you were like, you're Jewish and you haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof. No. <laughs> I felt really, I felt really bad. So I watched it, but I'm so glad that you. Wasn't it marvelous? Yeah. I mean. Uh, and, you know, the composer of the music came to Carcana. He was on the, at the towers, <laughs> and he was talking as a priest on the front row. He says, you know, I'm Jewish. And then the guy in back says, well, we only have one Jew left from Carcana, and she's here. And he brought me up on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, when he wrote the music, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then what, and then what happened? That was all. <laughs> he was, but he was a one man show. He was marvelous. Oh, oh. He, was, he was a comedian, just talked and played the piano. He was, but I couldn't get over it. You had never even heard of it. They need to revive it, really. And music's so wonderful. Oh, wow, it's awesome. Yeah, what's your favorite song? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I really like the. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with that movie. My mom was was big on making us watch musicals. I loved the uh, If I Were a Rich Man. I still remember that song. <laughs> well, I, I thought Sunrise Sunset was pretty. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Uh-huh, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I called you the other day, and you sang you sang a portion of it for me. Was this a little girl I married? Was this a girl? Sometimes. <laughs> I wish I remembered the words of it. Yeah, but you uh-huh. got the melody. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was beautiful. We had a good time doing it, really. But um, I'm glad that uh, Bob agreed to that, because that's a nice area to put your stuff for the butterflies. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I'm, so, uh, I'm so appreciative that uh, you, you pointed me to Dr. Bob and then Bob 
Yeah. Me and Bob have been talking. He's so he's so excited about uh, using that space for. Yeah, he Bob Sweet Boy. I'm so glad to get in the building cleaned up. What do y'all What do y'all go put in there? Well, right, right now, now it's it's a, right it's a laboratory to grow milkweed. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. You know, the, whole, the, the San Luis building has changed very little since it was built. You know, I mean, the ground floor, you'll recall. Some oh, yeah, it was wood. It was right, wood. It has, well, it has, right. It has, because the floor does have a spring to it, you know, but but it has linoleum on it and uh-huh. there's a drop ceiling in there. And it, yeah. it went through a 60s phase, we, right, where it had air conditioning. And, but the second floor is largely forgotten. And it has, yeah. um, well, no news. it was basically they hung the railways and things like that, yeah. And 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 it's so precious because you still see some of those marks on the wall where men's suits would have gone or hats or how things would have been laid out as as a extra storage area. Um, but that room hasn't seen any progress of modernity i mean it's um it's it just has, a store, storage it's, it's just a store it's just a it's you know let's call it a almost three thousand square foot storage room yeah mm-hmm. um and well, at one has, time there was a paint or print shop there's a guy that works you know, yeah there's a man the, the woman who runs the genealogy department at the library right her husband was a painter, and he can tell you more about that upstairs, what used to be up there. Ah, I think I've met that gentleman before. You know, that makes a lot of sense because most of the walls— a print shop or something? Or? Seems like a sign painting. Sign shop, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most, all the, most all the walls up there have some trace of a sign painter's presence. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Drafting out— you yeah. know, the arc of a cue. Yeah, I'm sure he would help you because, you know, she does genealogy. That's life. a really good lead. Yeah, we should mm-hmm. definitely reach out to I He would help you, really. He really was very, very, very nice. Yeah, they're wonderful people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. But I'll tell you this, Babette, that, that building is, um, you know, however it presents itself to our creative community in the coming years, it's going to retain a... It's it's dignity as a as a historic site, as a space that's very special and represents something that few other structures downtown offer in terms yeah. of its history. It's a time capsule. Hey yeah. y'all, y- y'all can keep on talking, but uh, I gotta run. I have to. I honestly have to. I would keep on chit chatting, but I have to go water. Oh, that's I have to okay. Go water the milkweed. Ben, ben, right. Thank you. Thank Enjoy you so the visit. Much. Alrighty, yeah, and I'm glad you watched Siddler. <laughs> they ought to revive that show. They should. They need to revive that in New York. But and the music is awesome. Okay, talk to you again. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.